Welcome to Third Chances, a talk show where we like to hear from people who devoted their life to health, fitness and wellness. Medical professionals, health coaches and all the others who help us every day to cure our body, mind or soul. Those who always look for more natural, holistic ways to help even more people to live a happier and healthier life. Those who don't like to give up easily and settle on you or themselves. It is never too late or too soon. I always believe that every one of us deserves not just a second chance, but as many as we need. I'm Vera, your host. Who better than a master of reinvention with an accent to guide you through it, right? Just like they say, you are not a tree, so move. And God knows I have done just that in my own life many, many times. If you are not completely happy with the direction your life is going, this show may help you get the courage to change what is needed, find a new path and take charge. So come on over, pour yourself a glass of wine and spend some time with us. Let's laugh and cry together and get inspired by people just like you and me who overcame their own doubts and took a leap of faith to reinvent their life on their own terms. I hope and pray that we help you on that journey. And if you feel so compelled and inspired, please let us know. Don't be shy. Who knows? You may just be our next featured guest with another inspiring success story. So here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Third Chances. And for change, I have a 54-year-old Irish supermodel joining us today. And of course, she was trying to be funny, but I loved it. Uh, <laughs> Geraldine Murphy is my guest today. And she lives in the UK with her husband and two boys who are 12 and 9 years old. She's a relationship coach who helps women and couples uncover their magic in their relationship with their partner. Very, very promising. I have done this with my, myself with my husband, she says, and found it's much more fun to make struggling relationship work than to get divorced, which I have also done. So I bet she's experienced and she knows what she's talking about. So we are in for three today. Welcome, Geraldine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here. And I, as you know, I already told you I love the British accent, so it's always special treat because you guys so sound so more sophisticated, you know. Oh yes, yes, we've heard that. I mean, you, you want to hear it from over this side? We don't sound that sophisticated at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we we have been chatting before uh, when we were planning this podcast, and so I shared with Geraldine that I really love the sarcasm of. British you know com comedians and and Monty Python and all that style that was really my my well most yeah. of my life because I lived in Europe but uh, still to these days I am following certain stand-up comedians online and, and I just love it so it's it's a special treat for me too <laughs> so tell me Absolutely. how did you get to this type of work and was it always in your mind even when you came out of school or did it gradually got there? Yeah, no, not at all. I think uh, as a child, I wanted to be a vet uh, until I realized that you'd have to put animals down. And then I thought, oh, that's, that's not for me. <laughs> oh, I was really right. thinking of, you know, helping. Yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought, no, that, that I'd be out the door the first day I had to do that. So, um, uh, and really after that, I was a child of the 80s and um, there was lots of, you know, flashy suits and slick back hair and briefcases. And I thought I'd be part of that, you know, living in London and being single and having lots of, you know, lovers, but no one time person. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> that's what I thought was, when I was about 15 that's what I thought my life was going to be like as I got older it sounds wasn't. promising <laughs> would have been brilliant fun but I didn't do any of that um and then um I got married quite young I went to I actually went to do art um in university in Liverpool uh graphics and I got married quite young that didn't fit into plan I didn't fit into plan I don't know why I did I was just like 
I moseyed along. It was one of those, you know, where you're just like, just kind of, I didn't really want to get married, but I kind of just did. And um, <laughs> and then very shortly afterwards, um, uh, realised my husband was gay. Um, oh, and surprise. I mean, really quite shortly afterwards. He, um, yeah, he, he after about eight months, we'd split um, after getting married, which is really disappointing for, you know, the parents and the, you know, everybody's been to oh, the yeah. wedding and yeah, you absolutely. haven't even had your first Christmas card. <laughs> but wait a minute, as we, as you were dating, you didn't, you didn't see any signs? It was normal? I was 24, um, educated by nuns. You're not very good at those. Do you know what I mean? You're like, I was green as really. Um, with hindsight, yeah. Everybody else was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, yeah, you didn't think to tell me. But it's I mean, usually is... that everybody else seeing signs but us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I even had people tell me later on, yeah, you were really kind of innocent. And you're like, thanks. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, yeah, so that didn't really work out. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I got a house, so that wasn't too bad. Um, wow, that's but, good. I know, I know. Well, that was the plus side of it, buying a house in the, um, when was it? It was the mid-90s, and you bought a house. And then if you, if you were in trouble like six months later, then the house wasn't worth any more than when you bought it. It was probably worth less. So... Uh, I, it was easier for me to keep it and rent rooms out and keep myself afloat um, that way. But um, I still have the house, so. That's good. Yeah. Kudos to me. Nice <laughs> memories of a young yeah. child. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then then um, obviously that was a bit of a body blow to me. Um, and I didn't get married again for years and years and years later. Um, but I did actually meet my husband quite soon after I split mm -hmm. up with, with my first husband. And uh, yeah, he was a very, very different uh, person to the first husband, obviously. So what, <laughs> what was stopping you from getting remarried? Did you worry that you might mess it up because of the paper? Or? Um, I suppose I didn't see any reason to get married. And I wasn't even sure if I saw that much of a reason to get married the first time. Um, yeah, I, I, we ended up getting married after the kids were born and, um, uh, well, after, sorry, after our first child was born. Um, and we actually got married because we kind of talked and toyed about, you know, we thought, yeah, but couldn't justify the pain for a wedding. You know, it's horribly expensive. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it was like, I'm not going to spend £10,000 or whatever stupid amount of money on a wedding. I'd rather you know, invested in a property. <laughs> um, but um, we decided then uh, it, it was it was weird because it was actually a tragedy that prompted me to um, for us to get married. It was um, we lived in a place um, called Mohantlip in Wales and um, a little girl was taken and murdered. And we it was a very small town and um, we I just thought, why are we waiting? You know, after that had happened and it sort of really crushed our town. And um, it was just, it was just devastating to everybody in the poor family. Mm -hmm. You know, it was really awful. So, and then I thought, let's just, let's just get married. What's the point of waiting? And we did it, we, within a month, we um, got married. We had our reception with cakes and coffee in the local coffee shop and walked up and by, um, it, it was like just really tiny, and it, you yeah. know, walked around the tree and and had our photographs taken in the registry office and it was really lovely and my family actually um they surprised us surprised us by coming over from ireland on the boat i only told them the day before and, oh wow um, they all i know and uh and they all jumped on a boat and came over to see us and uh they surprised us on the morning so that's that was nice. really really special actually yeah, yeah so. that's that's the one point when you said like you don't want to invest stupid amount of money into yeah. wedding you don't you don't have to no you know? no yeah. but sometimes it's especially if you're younger you feel pressurized to spend money you know there's like oh are you gonna have to add? especially i mean i i don't know what it's like over there but if you're irish all the relatives it's probably changed but when i was getting married the first time it was like people had to be invited i mean people you don't like 
that live in a different country or that, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's you know, people who are like, I don't yeah. even know them. The last per- time I met this person, she was rude to me. Like, now I have to invite yeah. her to my wedding. The traditions. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not yeah. going to see these people for the day, you know? Um, and weddings always annoyed me because they were like, they're always for everybody else. They're, they say it's about the bride. Yeah, or the bride's no, mother, or the bride is the last one. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's just running around saying hello to people and like in this really tight fitting dress that's really not that comfortable, not really allowed to get drunk or, or cry or do whatever she wants to do. You know, it's it's all about like you know, paying for this massive party for everybody else. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so I'm not so really you, you are ideal love coach, <laughs> really perfect. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't be put off, anybody. Really? <laughs> so talking myself ass- into a hole here. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I'm joking. But so I'm assuming at that time you were still not doing what you do today. No, I wasn't. No, at that time I was. Um, I was a graphic artist. Um, well, I I say I was a graphic artist. I was making things for print. So I was working in a in a print factory or print company and um and yeah I was converting other people's images for print so it was I uh, I'd, I'd studied and gone to university to do that and then when I came out and I started it I think I was about four months in and I was like bored to tears for the rest of my life <laughs> so I knew I wasn't going to stay at that for too long um sorry I had to um, use colorful language I didn't hear this. So. Okay. Fine. Nobody else will. Have. Um, so yeah, I I'd realized that um it, it that, anyway. Sorry, you you will probably want me to get to the point. Some point. Um. So uh, no, I want I want to know what what went through your life to yeah my eventually lend you where you are today. So it okay. is interesting because we hardly ever do the first chosen career for the no. rest of our life even though I remember the trauma I had when they kept asking me what do you want to be and I look at it like if I say something now that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life and I was freaking out about it you know well, funny so- enough my, my son who's nine is supposed to get dressed up in whatever uniform he's planning on being for the rest of his day and his job he's going to do that next Monday or something like that I was like, don't worry about it. You, you know, you can change. You don't yeah. have to be. So he was like, well, now I'm going to be a zookeeper. Relief. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were not told that at my, you know, at my childhood. We were just say, well, yeah, yeah. Choose something. Isn't it? Yeah. You, you strive to be page. the best at it. Yeah. And then you just spent, I don't know, next 50 years perfectioning it. I was like, yeah, Whoa. yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Yeah. What age were you when that happened? What age would, would you have been when you were supposed to do that? Like before 15, you know, <laughs> before we left the grammar school, that we were yeah. constantly asked, what do you want to be? What do you want to be? Because then now you, based on that, you have to choose the right school. And then, best yeah. Time. And it's just, it was so overwhelming for me because I seriously thought, whatever I say now, that goes, that I yeah. have to follow that it's path. It's a big and decision, isn't it? Yeah. Then? And I couldn't decide. <laughs> no. No, and Luckily, here you are. It's the farthest from the truth. <laughs> exactly. I know there's so much pressure on kids to pick yeah. the right thing. And you think, yeah. oh, really? Can I just still be a dolphin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I just be like playing a little bit for <laughs> yeah, a butterfly or. Yeah. So, or so you left you or did you do the graphic design for a while? How, how long did you I did. I did that for not that long. I did it for probably um, two or three years. And then um, I, I was quite bored with that um mm. and I oh god I have like such a short attention span really um and I then I went um I did, went into sales I left that job and I mm-hmm. started selling uh bits of paper cards like an A4 card you have A4 in America is A4 a measurement anyway it's it's a normal letter yeah. type size piece of paper and I uh, I sold that on the street for like 40 pounds and it was a like an invitation type thing to go into a hair salon, get your hair blow dried and your colors done and a head massage. And uh, I I sold them on the street. Um, 
and then went into hospitals and sold them and got chucked out of hospitals because I wasn't really meant to be there. And uh, it was great fun. <laughs> um, and I was really good at it. So I did sales for for um, oh, a few years, two, three years, and I ended up running my own office oh, doing that. But how did you, what did you like the most about the selling part? Um, well, some of it was, it was quite exciting when you were trying to dodge security in a hospital. I know it's a little bit naughty and maybe a bit That's why you like it. <laughs> and I'm not really a lawbreaker. Your <laughs> 80s um... child came in, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. But it was so funny. I mean, one of my best memories is going to a place, uh, going in the hospital. I'd done so many sales that people were starting to look for me because they wanted to buy the invitations off me. I was like hot, you know, and, um, and I called to this, this um one office and this woman and she was chatting to me she was really friendly and she said I just want to check to see that it's that you're allowed to be here and I was like yeah absolutely fine she went and made the call and I sat down and she said somebody's going to come because um I need to, no sorry we, she she said make make the call she'll make the call and then um I said do you mind if I just go to the loo knowing full well I wasn't supposed to be there so <laughs> I just I'll be back in a minute <laughs> and then I and there you were the loo and never came back and just moseyed around the hospital looking for more people to sell to later on <laughs> i phoned this i phoned, buzzed on this door and i said oh hi i've been told to come here from x-ray all the girls are getting hair done there or whatever and then um this was the woman that the other woman had been phoning to check if i was allowed to be in there and she's like you're not supposed to be here you should this is about two and a half hours later and it sold nearly all my invitations and, they, and I, I was like no problem I'll go but on the way out of the hospital there was a uh, crash which is also run by the hospital oh. <laughs> well, naturally I stopped there and sold about three more invitations and while I was there she must have thought I bet she's gone to the crash <laughs> She found the crash and she said, can you just please leave? And I was like, you are bad. <laughs> oh, it made me laugh so much. She must have really had her knickers in the twist. But uh, God, it made me laugh. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah so I, I bet that's what you like the most about it. Just to be like, Hal, show you. <laughs> <laughs> An anarchist. We're like harmless, you know, I mean, you know, not, not doing any harm. And I always, I would always leave a place if I, if I thought, I would never compromise somebody's care. Yeah. So if I felt that there was a situation, uh, I was out of there. I would be like, look, I will call back or I'll come back. I will leave you a number and you can get this from our office. But um, I would never have gotten involved with, you know, just being really, you know, being, causing a danger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's not what it was about. But that's funny be like because you can... Fun. You, you know, I have been dealing with people because I was previously coaching on sales. And I okay. would be dealing with 99% of women that had such a hard time with selling. And they would oh, really? always look at it like, oh, I don't want to be seen like sleazy and, you know, pushy and everything. Yeah. You made it a game. You made fun. Oh, it was like, hilarious. It, like play. Yeah. Well, I had, I had this other thing as well. And I, I noticed it. There was a couple of things I did in sales. And this would be interesting for some of your sales girls is going into an office. It might have been in might have even been in that hospital because I was really hot that day <laughs> and um, I went into this um uh I went into this office and there was like 20 people in it and it was buzzing you know it was really really quite noisy and um I started pitching and I lowered my voice to a certain pitch and gradually around the office it started to go quiet and people started to turn up to where I was. Yeah. And I more or less ran out of my invitations that day because everybody had one. You know, they just bought, 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 because it starts with a bit of a, you know, a bit of a frenzy, really. Um, and it was that was when I realized the power of your voice and the pitch and how you can command. And I've been using it. My mom's actually in hospital at the moment. She's she's um she's got she's very hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. And um I've been using my voice to try and get through so she can hear just my voice um so then in ophthalmology now they think i've got a magic voice no that's that's wonderful because it's very true you can you can catch attention by screaming trying yeah. to overpower the room or doing the opposite and force them yeah. to pay attention yeah yeah and people start to lean in exactly yeah, yeah. 
yeah it's really interesting uh yeah it's really interesting yeah. using the quality of your voice and the pitch to uh, get attention so what then you were successful oh, yes. in selling and yes and i i then um trained my husband to sell because i left the company and i started it up on my own then and i trained my husband to sell um the invitations the same invitations so he could leave his job he worked out how many invitations he'd made to sell to mm -hmm. to cover his income and he did that and he was like my best ever student um so uh so i trained him up and then after that we oh my god it's such a long road i opened a letting agency um because we bought a couple of properties um we bought some some rental properties and i was managing them and found that the letting agents weren't really all that good so i started my own letting agency and then i sold that when i had my second child and um and then after that my um it was a it was really around that time um uh, my dad got ill and he um he got he sort of he was sick for sort of five years this was yeah it was five yeah five six years from when i got married um and he he so he came to the wedding but by by six years later i think i think he must have about right he, when he died and um so it was just and i was also kind of menopausal at the time um which i didn't realize and it was all a bit like not good i i want to swear but <laughs> but it just wasn't a good time you know yeah and, um and when he died my sister said um she my, my older sister said you know um i could i i might only have 27 years left because his dad was 27 years old, older than her she didn't say it in a negative way yeah. she didn't say it, it was like this is an opportunity if i've only got 27 years left what am i going to do with them and that really made me think oh my god this is it, it it's possible you know what i mean he wasn't he wasn't an old man but he wasn't a young young man either um and um and after that we it was kind of a you know you it, when somebody is very sick for a long time and they you keep hoping that they'll get better and it's very very hard i mean i always think hope is kind of a cruel thing in some ways um and when he when he did eventually die we were all kind of it was just very exhausting and um mm -hmm. and it was a weird thing because i um i and i felt I didn't feel bad about it because I knew my, it, my, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't being mean or wrong or anything like this. I felt euphoric after my dad died, and um, and I absolutely loved him dearly. Like, so it wouldn't, you know, it wasn't nothing too great. I'll get money now or anything. It wasn't like that. It was, it, it was more like a relief. Yeah, he was that uncertainty. That yeah, was, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't going to hurt, you know, and that um, he was um he was free of it you know wherever he was or whatever whatever it happened he was he was free from this um and and we were free from the worry of something horrible happening his final yeah. you know his end being painful or you know mm. so yeah so um it, it was quite strange because i was like like i'm a very inappropriate person i will joke at the worst times um i mean i <laughs> people look at me at dad's funeral and they were like but i know if dad was sitting there beside me he would have understood he would probably have loved it he would have been the same way he would have been like but he probably would have been less you know because it was bubbling out of me a little bit you know um because we'd done we'd i'd done a reading at the wedding at the wedding at the funeral and my mom didn't really think that girls would do that kind of thing you know we're very irish <laughs> she thought the boys might be able to do a reading but she didn't think the girls would be she thought we were too emotional and my sister actually sang on her own at the funeral which is like you know an amazing um you know a feat really um so I, I, there was all that as well there was all that stress from that too so um but anyway after that um i, I sort of um we watched a tony robbins netflix thing you know i'm not your guru Mm -hmm. and I've been reading Tony Robbins years and years ago and uh, I, you know I really like what the NLP stuff and I like I just like some of the crazy stuff that was just like out of the box thinking and um, so we went to see 
Tony in London, uh, went to a four day event. And uh, that was, it was a game changer for us. It mm-hmm. just pulled us out of ourselves really quickly. Whereas, you know, we could have gone on in doldrums for another two years. Um, and we didn't we just like totally got immersed in this crazy four day event, walking on fire and, you know, um, just, yeah. it's just jumping around. And, um, and from that, finally, I trained as a coach. <laughs> well, so you did you did the Tony Robbins coaching training. I did that, but I also went on to um yes, I did Tony Robbins training. That's is that what you did? Yes, yeah. That's what you did, yes, yeah, yeah. Um and then I went on to um uh Mark and Mike Lee Patience. Yes. So that was yeah. yes, the so that was the relationship coaching mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that I did from that, yeah. yeah. Since you are the example of perfect relationships. No, I'm and, and I'm I'm being sarcastic but i'm being, being being truthful because you don't learn about issues in relationship by having a perfect relationship unfortunately it's no. when you go through problems and when you go through different experiences that enriches you so much to be able to help people that are going through some issues yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean we've had you know we've we've done it ourselves we've um we've had difficult times ourselves and and really you know there's been times where we thought we are we gonna are we gonna survive this really and um so we got coaching ourselves and it's made a world of a difference i mean me doing relationship coaching has helped but if you think you're going to coach your partner you're not nope nope (laughs) you can forget about it you think you've got free coach in the house now it's not like it's very different yeah it's a very different dynamic that's not gonna work well yeah but i like the way that you actually realized the kind of urgency in your life suddenly because your dad passed and what your sister said because it's 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 usually that one moment that we kind of start realizing i'm just browsing through life no matter how successful you were and you were you know you you were fine there was no like significant issues i'm assuming but you get to point when you feel that urgency it's like is this what i'm supposed to do for the rest of my is this all there is yeah and then then you start to having this like this is is this me is this what i want to be that's gonna be my legacy you start yeah giving yourself bigger questions and it's mm. it comes to people in different points of life but how old were you when this when your dad passed um i was um how long was that? i was 48 mm-hmm. yeah so and you uh, also you also have a, a child quite late in your life which was also experience on its own yeah yeah i've yeah my youngest um i had him when i was 45 um which is you know perfect really i mean apart from the doctors they got a bit concerned but um but then you tend to make an extra effort just to be like going for your (laughs) going for your scans yeah keeps you keeps you young yeah you have to watch this on youtube you realize that because (laughs) geraldine makes faces and it's impossible to see it on on This is the start of it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a terrible face puller. Oh, and this is toned down. These are, but you know, I have some really bad ones. But I won't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I love it. Maybe on our next one. <laughs> so how, how, how did you pick your specialty in coaching? What, what prompted you to go to relationships? Um, I think um, Mark, Mark and Magali, um, they have such a beautiful way about them tony um when you do the see the coaching with tony it's um there's there's a bit of, there's a bit of showbiz in there for what for, in the training that you get yeah. and um and i think he can be quite tough on women sometimes and that kind of winds me up i mean i'm not that i'm soft on women but i find them the the very masculine um energy when he sees a woman giving masculine energy, I find it like 
it's sometimes I find that a little bit difficult to deal with. Whereas there's yeah, he can he can turn people off. But I didn't. Yeah. I I it didn't bother me unless mm -hmm. there's something unresolved in you that it triggers. Of course, which yeah. happens to all of us. I think yeah, yeah. he's very equally tough on people when it comes yeah, to like, when he can reading, see through yeah. when he can see through their bull. Yeah. <laughs> then he goes yeah, after yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I was kind and of attracted to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did think it was so radically different. I think it's because I've been down the path with Mark and Magali, and it's more. Absolutely. Um, it's a kind of a softer, um, more. Yeah. Collaborate. It's different because the way I'm coaching isn't. I don't coach off a stage. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? The people that go to see Tony Robbins are there. They're ready. They're ready yes. for change. They're, you know, they're, they're not afraid of what he's going to throw at them and he wants to get them big results. So that's, And also don't you know, forget the, the, bits, the bits you see, it's possibly two, three Out days into <laughs> events when yeah. they were being fed all the, you know, open your mindset, uh, yeah. good stuff. So you are not unprepared for that. You, you, you went through some transformation already and... Yeah. And obviously it's for show and and but what i understood magali and uh, mark and her mom well, yeah she developed the trainings around his teaching because he didn't Absolutely. he didn't have anything like that he was just doing it very intuitively and he was doing it brilliantly and had results yeah. but he never had any system in place that like he was intuitive he wouldn't do like following tools but yeah. they watching the hours and hours and hours of material they've actually developed the system around his way yeah. of doing it which which was yeah, fabulous. yeah. and yeah. you're right I mean, magali is completely peaceful meditation very calming presence yeah. i love her yeah 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 no they are they are um they are lovely and i you know i don't i i mean tony robbins is he's a master um what he does he really is um I just sometimes when I'm doing it because I go back and two between the two I go between Tony Robbins trainings and Maglia Marks and I find I'm drawn just because of the people that I would be dealing with I'm not gonna I can't I'm not gonna go down the Tony Robbins route with, you know with the relationship yeah. coaching that it's it's just a diff it's not appropriate for what I yeah be doing yeah. you know so that's more what I'm saying really rather than uh, but it's also like fascinating because we all resonate towards certain type of people. And that's yeah. why there are multiple coaches coaching on same thing, but every single one will be doing it differently. And when you are in position that you may realize you want to coach or you want to see what it would look like, you yeah. start looking at people because that's the person you have to be completely comfortable with because yeah. it, there's some deep work involved so yeah. if you don't resonate with that person you're not gonna open up so totally. that's what i love about it because there's multiple coaches on same subjects that are completely different and yeah and, and if you looking and, and we all have coaches ourselves because we don't want to be just average we want to excel in what we do and when you want to excel, you need somebody to look from the outside and point out your blind spots because that's impossible to do for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why I love the coaching industry because not everybody's ready. And one of my friends very smartly says, nobody needs a coach. Nobody. It's totally up to you. Yeah. But if you want to stay where you are, if you didn't move forward, directions that you want to there is a reason for it and maybe if you don't want to stay there maybe you need to kind of swallow your pride and seek the ways that can pro propel you speed up that process make it less painful and actually help you guide much easier way to get what you want than trying for another 30 years painfully on your own and being disappointed which yeah. most of us went through that process. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that this time is now the coaching time. You know, it's it's it, the UK is probably a little bit even behind um, America for coaching because you've um, there's always you know there's been um, 
therapy has been uh, very acceptable for years and years, whereas in Ireland and England, therapy, you know, you're maybe cuckoo. Yes, if you need therapy, not, you are real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's not really, you know, uh, a very positive way to look at it, let's say. So um, coaching, I think, is a bit behind. But now, I mean, I think it's like uh, it's like using Zoom calls for this kind of thing. We're on opposite sides of the world. And um, why not use what is available to you to really, um, we can almost be superhumans. You know, well, we can, we can, you know, um, like Thomas Edison, I'm going to totally misquote this, but if we knew what we were capable of, we would literally astound ourselves. That's and right. so coaching is something that uh, helps people to do that because we don't need to do what our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents did. We have much more availability of information and how the brain works and how relationships work. And, and we have brain, we have technology that connects us all. It's just like a very exciting time to be alive. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's fascinating when you talk to people and they don't even realize how they talk to themselves. And because we do so much more on autopilot these days, like we just go through, like mm. I was just thinking, I have my cat, she wants to be in a picture every single time I record podcasts. I like, so she's she a supermodel to too. Be, she needs to be in a picture, just so you know. <laughs> But I was realizing this morning, uh, she was cuddling with me in a bed and we had some really hard winds and I think she was probably a little worried what it is because she doesn't always cuddle with me and this time she just she didn't want to leave my side and I kept listening to the winds and 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 I was petting her and I I was kind of immersing myself in that moment I was like how wonderful that I have this this animal that loves me and that she feels protected with me and stuff and then I realized how often we do something and our mind is elsewhere You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you're petting your cat and you're already stressing out about things that you have to do in two hours or tomorrow or, or something that already happened and you can't do anything about it. This is what we do to ourselves. So yeah. it is interesting to start catching yourself what you do and sometimes write it down and maybe realize, yeah. would I talk to, would I talk like this to my best friend? Yeah. And it's big eye-opener. <laughs> Absolutely. If there was something that I could do, if I was making it, um, say if I could, if I had enough free time that I could just do something, we've just finished refurbing our house. So we're still kind of paying for it. So I got to work still. <laughs> um, but if I could do something um, just, just to help the world, if I could eradicate negative bias in schools, If yeah. I could help people, kids, to realize that text that came in, you're misreading it. You're reading it with negative bias and understand what negative bias is about. And then it's just because we've got a bit of dinosaur brain left in there that's trying to save us from a tiger or some non-existent danger. And if yeah. we could just realize that, oh, that's negative bias. And all it is is taking that muscle and working it and working it and working it. Every time the negative bias shows up, you... Yeah you overwrite it because you can kind of scribble overwrite these things you would if you could do that for a generation we would be a very oh, different place in the future you're absolutely very. right and especially today with the age of social media where poor kids are being drawn into it comparing yeah. themselves with others not realizing this is virtual reality this is that picture took 500 tries before it was perfect and you don't see what went behind scenes you only yeah. see the so-called result that may not even be real yeah. and and based on that they are judging themselves even more harshly and it's yeah. it's really scary and i agree with you a million percent that would be probably the most powerful thing we can do for kids yeah to, and i don't know why you know in the in the educational system there is no uh space for this because we have yeah being depressions like no matter how perfect kids had it today they are more depressed more anxiety driven more mm -hmm. uh, you know sadly even suicidal and sometimes before the family catch on it's too late which is really horrific because it's such yeah. a waste of human life and yeah you're right it's all 
the mindset. It's all in the mind. It's all what we allow to shape us, what we yeah. allow to be, be, be influenced by, and what we believe it's true. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard because um, kids, if they go home and tell their parents about this, parents also have the negative bias because it's in us. It's natural. Yeah. It's, it's just part of us. Um, but just going back to the social media, that could just as easily be flipped and used to correct this wrong, which is negative bias. And it's, mm. not, it's not wrong. It's just something we need to evolve out. Yeah. We're almost there. We could actually evolve negative bias out of ourselves and, and look at things in a logical, you know, um, use our brains instead of this little bit at the back there that's, you know, that, that sort of jumps in when you, you know, when you want to make a decision or you want to, or or you get a, a text off somebody or somebody doesn't do something that you expect them to. So you automatically jump on, they don't yeah. care or they're, you know, busy doing something else or whatever. And uh, look at us, we went through social media. So I'm grateful that yeah. I have an opportunity to meet somebody from yeah. UK, you know, sitting here in my home in Florida. Exactly. So yeah, it's been brilliant. Like every yeah. every tool can be used for brilliance or for negativity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Just absolutely. like food. But how do you apply this teaching into your coaching? How how does it look when you work with couples? What do you how do you approach it? Um, well, I it's very very tailored to um, individuals because um, I tend to find out what the, a lot of the people it's it's a lot of women that I tend to work with and they um, if they're maybe either um, the kids are leaving home um, and think you know you've got this person in the corner who's been sat there for the past twenty five years and they're like. Who is this? <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> Why is he still here? Um, and I think sometimes <laughs> um, people think um, that it's it would just be easy to not have that person there. I don't mean you know kill him or anything. I mean from just to leave. <laughs> no, let's not go there. <laughs> but um, you know, it's um, they. I think they think that life would just be easier if that person wasn't there and if they just leave or they ask them to leave then it'd be all hunky-dory and it won't there's a whole heap of other things that happen around separating um you know and, and I think a lot of people don't really consider that when they just see this person this person in the corner who's annoying them um all they can see is that and only the benefits of them going mm -hmm. and when you actually start looking at the negative side of split you think of okay what's going to happen to the house what's where are the kids going to go who's going to come to us at christmas who's where are we going to go on holidays yeah. what's going to happen with the finances do we have a business together do we have other property together who's going to take the dog who's going to look after the grandparents if there are grandparents are the grandparents going to blame one or other of us are the kids going to blame one or other of us are the kids going to carry this forward forward to their relationships in the future is this giving them a legacy to expect that they won't stay together and they won't work at relationships. Now that may sound a bit harsh, but it's it's definitely something that needs to be considered. Yeah, because when it's, it's never that leave, simple. Yeah, it's a big deal to leave. And actually, I think if you've been together for twenty years or ten years or whatever number of years, and you're considering, uh, it's a bit meh, you know, it's a meh type of situation now. Don't get coaching. Because you can do, you can devote another six months to it, and you can make it into something amazing, something better than it ever was at the start. Because yeah. nine times out of ten, it's a communication issue. And isn't it funny when people realize that love is actually there to be nourished, that you have to take care of it. It's not yeah. just gonna be there because you want to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't, a pet wouldn't be like that, would you? you if you had a pet, and you thought. Well, I'm not going to feed it. Um, I'll just come back to it every now and again when I think of it. And it'll, if I'm cold, I'll have it on my knee. But the yeah. next time you, you go and get it, it's dead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you devote time into anything that's worthwhile in your life. And same with, you know, business, your job. You think people go to a job every day and they hate it. And you think, 
well, why don't you devote some time and energy to your relationship? <laughs> it yeah. doesn't make sense to me, really. Especially when it's the most important thing at the end when you think of it, because no matter what, what you have, no matter what you uh, own or money or everything, it doesn't matter when you don't have anybody in your life to share it with. And I don't mean that single people cannot be happy, but yeah. sometimes you realize that it really it's the most valuable thing to have a wonderful relationships in your life that yeah doesn't have to be your spouse only it can be your Absolutely. kids your family your friends but but it's yeah. important it's it's who we are we really need relationships in our life yeah to be and often i think yeah absolutely yeah and i think um we get quite complacent about you know um a relationship with your partner whereas you wouldn't talk to your, maybe your sister or your best friend the way you might talk to your husband or wife so true why, why do you why do they get the worst of you really you know you you kind of promise to give them your best <laughs> i know and that's difficult it, i think we take it for granted a lot yeah. yeah 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 and i think it can be quite a shock if you do split and then you think actually nothing changed they weren't that bad right yeah i wish yeah. i hadn't you know, it's, so um, do you I do you mostly work with uh, one of couple, or you work with them together most, as well? Mostly work with one person. Um, very often it's the women because um, uh, somehow it just uh, it often seems to be the women that are the ones. I mean, they probably resonate with me more than men do anyway because you tend to go mm -hmm. and find the person that you you um, click with yeah. more. Um, but women tend to be. I don't. I hope nobody shoots me down. But they tend to be the keepers of a relationship, in my opinion. Um, so and... people that have intention to work on it. Yeah, and maybe, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think sometimes women maybe uh, notice parts of it or maybe feel more empowered because they talk more with friends um, and they sort of... Um, they maybe start seeing flaws more. I know I'm generalizing here, but women too tend to talk to their friends more than men talk to their friends about relationships. I, I think that's starting to change a bit, but I'm mm. not sure. I'm not sure if men will ever out talk women <laughs> friendship. You know, I, think, I must um, say that my husband was my best friend, my best girlfriend. Yeah. That oh yeah. I, you know, it's it's it depends on a, on a relationship, of course. Yeah. But uh, I I was blessed to have someone in my life that I was more open with him than any of my friends or sisters yeah. or family. It's just we were so naturally great fit together, and I actually owe him big deal for building me up because yeah. at the beginning of our relationship we did. I didn't have any confidence. Sounds, wow. sounds funny today, but yeah, he was probably yeah. my first life coach. <laughs> yeah. When I look at it, because yeah. he had that patience and that, you know, never ending yeah. trying to build me up and trying to help me understand that, you know, what I, how I see myself, it's not how I am. Yeah, my husband is also my best friend. And um, over the years, he has definitely built me up as especially at the start of our relationship because um i had um i had been dumped by my gay husband which is unfortunate and rather crushing experience yeah i can imagine <laughs> i can look back and laugh now yeah <laughs> but um that doesn't do your um your ego any good really when you're 26 um but uh yeah so he was a very very lovely and complimentary mind you i have to really remind him to compliment me now we have a running joke about i'll be like do i look nice and he was like yeah yeah i think you look really nice and well, just keep that to yourself then <laughs> don't make any compliments whatever you do yeah. oh, <laughs> they'll God. just go to my head <laughs> so that's our running joke anyway where i'm like i have to pinch him to compliment me but, uh, that's the that's the fun having having yeah. a really good partner you know when you don't have to watch mince your words and you you really no. have that perfect dynamic between yeah 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 oh no i'm i'm um i'm blunt and i'm I, i'm terrible for 
but blunt in a nice way. I would call him all kinds of bad names, like in such a shocking way that he laughs his head off, you know, um, that it, it's, it really just keeps things kind of funny and fresh because um, they're words that you wouldn't really want to use on your husband. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> well, hey, whatever works. So do you want to share, and without revealing, of, of course, any identity of anybody, but would you like to share some maybe most touching experience that you felt really that you were you have been successful as a coach that empowered you back, that you felt really great, that you may have helped yeah. somebody significantly yeah yeah i have um i have somebody that i coached um a while ago and um she was very very successful um uh she's a nurse but she's a very very successful nurse and she's um having um difficulties with the uh with a disorder an eating disorder and actually put herself in some significant danger um when she was out she she almost choked um uh, you know making herself sick when she was out in a in a, in a loo you know public toilet so it would have been awful like for a family and um i remember saying to her um after we've been coaching for a little while because she'd look she did a few daughters um and and she was working really hard and um being everything to everybody and um saying to her you know that she needs to become the person that she wants her daughters to be. And, you know, did she want her daughters to be working the way she was working? Was that really what she had in mind for them? And um, it was really... That got a, hurt, yeah. Yeah, it was a significant... It's not really meant to be a kick in the... <laughs> a kick in the yeah, no, it is. It's a reframe. And it's like, oh my God, I think... I'm Light being, bulb, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it changed so much for her, really. Um, she's had long-term significant um, improvement in, in uh, her, all over in her life. And, um, and much more accepting of herself as well. And I feel like that's a real win because she's such a lovely person and she was struggling so much and it was all, it, it was stuff that she could, could be fixed. And it was fixed yeah. easily. You know, I think that's that's brilliant realize. to go there because you really want to see some bigger reason than yourself, yeah, to change anything about what is going on because you have your stories and you have your excuses and you know why you're doing it and blah blah blah. But what you did for her, you kind of gave her the mirror. This is how yeah. your daughters see you. Yeah. Do, you, do you want them to follow and suddenly it's not about you suddenly it's about people that you love the most and it's it's yeah. that's brilliant yeah 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 and it's something that just um you can kind of you know you can pull it out of the bag now and again <laughs> and it's something that's just like and it struck me at that time because I was a relatively new coach um and I thought really it's it's such a that the, it, it could have been a tragedy Yes, you know, and her kids could have carried that. This happened, you know. This it, it was so close to it being um, her dying. Oh God, toilet! What does that do to your children? And that's you know, if that isn't a slap in the face, but it wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. It was that realizing what what um, the impact of of um, the way she feels about herself is having on her children. Yeah. Like I said, you have your stories. You 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 sometimes, unfortunately, even comfortable in that situation. You already are used to it. You know, it's it's your yeah. certainty, and and possibly it's giving you some satisfactions in certain areas. But but realizing what it does to people around you or stuff, it's it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It sort of pulls you out of that scenario. You know, you're in this little loop. Yes. You, it's just a pattern you do over and over and suddenly you think actually i'm being a bit self-indulgent here let's get out of here 
and do something different because this is you know this isn't going anywhere i'm just doing the same thing every day yeah um, and that's uh and that's really that's like you know the decision to stop smoking it's that whatever that that thing is that keep doing keep doing keep doing and something clicks and you think right would they have an ad here actually and it's um uh it, it, same sort of thing for smoking but it's in the um it's in the hospital because i keep going into the hospital all the time to visit them. um but the uh she's not a smoker by the way um but she they have this poster inside the door and it's this kid who looks about 11 or 12 and he's got really sad face and he's like i don't want you to keep up smoking because i don't want you to die and you're like oh, you know and it's and that must be such a such an amazing um sort of uh, impactful message to parents that smoke yeah um, shocking therapy yeah 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 this sad child and you think oh my god i could leave this child and i could just put these cigarettes down in the bin and i don't have to pick them up again you know it's it's it becomes an easy decision then yeah with these things i think the deeper the why is the easier it is for people to realize what they are doing to themselves because if it's just about you you are totally yeah. fine with it like yeah. doesn't doesn't bother you none of your business right but then when you yeah. start realizing what it does to other people that you care about it's suddenly a different situation so yeah. what would you say is the major difference between going for marriage counseling and working with someone like you who specializes in empowering that relationship you have yeah um, well, counselling is is very often for a relationship in crisis anyway. And while I do sometimes have people coming to me who are in crisis, or they're not, they're sort of like a slight stage before crisis. They're like, if in another two or three years we'll probably end up splitting up. That's there are some of them are that kind of stage. Um, and it's really just um, giving them tools and strategies and and formulas. You know, working very deeply with them to um, change habits that really have been making them, really making their lives difficult and miserable and teaching them about their own, how their individual patterns of communication can be so misinterpreted. I mean, it's just, I mean, I've done it myself. I hear my own, you know, the way we even talk sometimes, except that we hear with a very finely tuned ear and you'll be like this as well, Vera, that you hear yourself saying something. You might hear something that, used to be said at home like there's a phrase or something like that and you think oh my god that is that's one and a half phrases that you know that's something i should never say again. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're so funny it's like um uh, sorry what, what i was going to say is that um coaching is like it's like making everything better there's you can take what's quite a good relationship and you can turn it into the most extreme it's like the magic mushrooms of, of life <laughs> turn everything into beautiful colors and flowers I, all right I that's a good title back. for podcast the coaching is like magic mushrooms <laughs> what i was going to say before some this is a point you went to before and i thought this is quite interesting i, I am a me proper metaphor head and i'm all about colors and i'm in front of a brown background which is a bit dull for me compared to your background but um when my father died, and I'm only sort of thinking about that, my dad was all about colours. So he um, he loved rainbows, everything to do with colour, he absolutely loved. And um, I remember before I went to Tony Robbins, I felt like, do you remember the old TVs and you used to be able to turn the colour and the volume down? I felt like it had been dialed down to about half. And when I went to, when, and coaching is like that, it's like, get your colour dial and you double it up to get the color back you know and that's um that's kind of how i see coaching really i love it love it yeah <laughs> so if somebody considers to work with you uh what how does it look like do you do you work online do you have to be local uh, no uh yeah you it, it's pretty much all online now i just love it i love zoom calls they're just brilliant apart from when they stop but that does, is such a rare occasion. It's hardly worth mentioning. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's um, online is brilliant because I can connect with, I have, you know, I have people who coach in Canada, I have people who coach in, in um, uh, Germany and, you know, all over the world, really. So it's, uh, it's so connected now. It's lovely. But um, I do have a, um, 
have a free community that people can join and they can get access to free resources and, and um, uh, workshops and uh, then have um, relationship coaching questions answered. And, uh, and that's a really lovely community on there. Mm -hmm. um, yes, that's a Facebook community, by the way. And I will put all the all the uh, links to our show notes. Okay. So if anybody feel compelled to reach out to Geraldine, there will be all the connections will be will be with the show notes uh, at the episode. And I also want to mention because you mentioned that you're running free event at the end of the November. I That's am, called yes. Find the Magic in Your Tired Old Romance. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> title. How yes. does that look like? Yeah, so that's a, a five-day event with um, with lives, short lives every day, so a, a live um, video every day, and um, and there'll be some um, some resources that I will I'll give away with that as well, and uh, it'll be a, a little community of, of people that'll um, be finding the magic just like you will be. They don't want to settle for average. No. Yeah, no. let's turn the dial up on the color. That's right. Yeah. And so are you encouraging couples to join or whoever? Couples or singles. Um, I usually work with, when I work with couples, I usually work with them individually um, because I find that people work, they are more relaxed um, and they, you sometimes can have one dominant um, talker in a relationship, which is absolutely fine. Um, but it's, it can sometimes make the other person a bit quieter. So uh, to get a really full view of what is going on in the relationship um i coach couples separately and um, that works very very well and occasionally towards the end of it you might have you might let them go together yeah if they've been good yeah <laughs> good so i i hope you have some sense and taste of geraldine's personality that is really fun to be around <laughs> and her so in her sleeping 80s kind of inner child coming through for sure and, uh, and you know if you feel compelled that she would be the right person for you to maybe deal with whatever issue you you want to deal with why don't you give her a call or reach out i will put post all the contact information down down below the show notes and let me know how it went okay i think this was very very fabulous i'm sorry we had some issues with sound once in a while but i hope it will be translatable and uh you know it's far away all over the ocean so it's understandable yeah. but ne next time you come to states maybe we will do another episode in person and it will be much that will be cool yeah. as long as i can have the cat on my knee Right. Oh, she's not big lap cat. Not. I don't know why. When she was little, she was, and then uh, now it's if she, if the queen is in the mood, that's the only. Oh, you know. well, that's okay. She's okay. She can be a queen. Yeah. She's Usually in the morning, on. she's cuddly, and then for the rest of the day, I may touch her if she allows me to. But yeah, I'll have to bring my cat then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. She is howling at if she sees somebody through the window that's the like craziest sound i ever really? saw from cat it's wow. I, it's it's going like it's like she seriously is you're making her nervous behind bitch. you <laughs> yeah. she seriously is the queen of the house there's nobody coming through no and yes. once in a while and I, so it should be i dog sit a big dog and she hates me with passion for that, you know. Really? Because yeah, when he's staying with us, she's hiding under the bed, and she oh. once in a while she she realized she can reach from behind and like grab my head. And so she, some sometimes when she's losing patience of hiding, she would like go and scratch and like reach my head. It's like, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's still here. He's on the bed. She's like, how dare you? So yeah, we love, yeah. We love our cats. I like that. They I like that about cats. Yeah. yeah, they're very unforgiving. Unfortunately, yes. Well, Geraldine, this was really a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for devoting time to my podcast. I know you're super busy and we had a hard time to schedule good time for both of us, yeah, but we yeah. did. 
and I just hope that you will see a lot of people reaching out and and listening to this episode and really liking your personality like I did. <laughs> Very much. Same to you, Vera. I'm sure we will talk again soon. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Have a Brilliant. have a great rest of the day for you. Evening yes. for me. I'm just starting. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> Thank you. Woo!